Welcome to Shoot the J, episode nine, episode 10, episode 10, I think. Uh, my guest today <clears throat> is the illustrious Adam C., Adam Coma, um, good friend, my partner in crime when it comes to going movies. And running. Uh, and running. So how have you been, bud? Not bad. Not bad. Just think we made it through, what, week one of work remote, uh, yeah. working remotely? Yeah. And it actually went a lot faster than I expected, to be honest. But um, this apartment's feeling like a fucking prison. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's going on an escape for the virtual podcast today. And you're just like, I'm in a glass case of emotions. <sighs> I can't get out. Yeah. So what, uh, just, what, have you been watching any new shows, any documentaries, any movies? What you yeah, been so this one, I think... You'll appreciate since um, for viewers, uh, this is HBO's Watchmen, the show. And for context, Jay and I actually watched this pretty much together when it first came out back in the fall. Was it? Yeah, like right, it was like November, October. Yeah, winter, whatever. Um, and for background, uh, I love Zack Snyder's director's cut, of course, uh, movie Watchmen. Then I read the graphic novel. And the HBO's Watchmen show is a continuation of the events of the graphic novel. And basically, it's what happens in the Watchmen universe if at the end of the graphic novel, which ended in 1985, they brought it to the year 2019, how would that universe be today? And it's really, really great show. Um, I believe it's nine, Jay's it nine episodes total? Yeah, I think it's eight or nine. I'm pretty sure it's nine. Yeah. And it has really good rewatching value because uh, the director, do you remember his name is David Lind- Damon Lindelof. Lindelof, yeah. He did uh, uh, The Leftovers, took over the Lindelof. last back, he did like the last, last half of Lost. Yeah. So he's known for uh, cat, build, a lot of buildup um, as well as uh, rewatchability, you kind of catch things that you wouldn't otherwise notice before. And so that's what I've been doing. I've been re-watching the show. I think I just have one more episode to go. And it's really nice. It gives me a bit better appreciation for it because when we were, not, we were first watching, you know, we would talk for hours afterwards trying to figure out, okay, what's going on with this character? What's this theory? And now knowing all the answers, you can kind of see the subtle cues for that early on. And I think another thing that's unique about HBO's Watchmen is – the setting is Tulsa, Oklahoma, which I had never even heard of that place until the show. And the very first moments of the show, it uh, sheds light on some ugly bits of history, like the Tulsa Race Massacre, which I even wasn't even taught that in high school. So that was my, and I think a lot of people's introduction to that. But um, it's a show that I think it honestly takes the second episode to really hit its stride. But once it hits its pace, you I couldn't look away personally. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a uh, it's a it was a slow it was a nice slow burn, but like when it picked up, it picked up really uh, it picked up really fast, and it was active, and it was like it was going pretty quick, which was nice. And I think this is a staple of uh, HBO shows. 
and mm-hmm. how they and how they operate <clears throat> is that it runs. It can be a slow burn, but when action needs to happen, like you get a lot of information yeah. relatively quickly. And the uh, the characters are really interesting. Like Jeremy Irons plays Ozymandias, um, and his arc is. I'm not going to talk about that much because I wouldn't want to spoil anything, but it is weird and wild. And you can just tell Jeremy Irons is having a blast with his role. Um, I think he is having a lot of fun more so than some other roles he's had recently. Um, Also the writing is tight as well as the musical choice always seems to be on point in most of these HBO shows. Yeah. I think the, the score and the soundtrack is probably one of the most underrated parts of the show because visually the show is stunning like it's a really it visually just draws you in and there's a lot of visual themes that are really unique for the Watchmen universe like in Watchmen universe spoiler alert the graph has been out for decades so sorry if you haven't heard this point um but Dr. Manhattan the big blue guy who sometimes doesn't wear clothes a lot of the time actually Weird. most of the time most of the time yeah yeah dude hangs dog um he wins the Vietnam War and Vietnam becomes the 51st state. And so there's a couple scenes of Vietnam post this war. And just the background image is really cool. Like there's this, you know, graffiti of like Dr. Manhattan as a messiah. Then you can tell someone like, you know, graffiti over that saying he was like a, you know, conqueror, something bad like that. And blue, like the color of blue in this episode is throughout the entire place. Like there's a blue textile mill, there's blue dolls, there's blue dresses. Yeah. Because he's blue. So yeah. I thought that was a really nice touch. I think I think any you can't go wrong with like any HBO show is like a, a quarantine watch. Like really. yeah. you, you really can't. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean you there aren't many. Of, there aren't many. There aren't many. I guess we got some other shows on here that I think you have some on your list we'll talk about later that are on HBO. Yeah. I think most of them actually. I think, I think all but one. All but one is on HBO. Um, but yeah, I think I, so what, what I've been watching heavily is I've been watching The Expanse, which is on Sci-Fi and then moved to Amazon Prime um, after the first season. And I'm like, right. I'm, they're like 30 to 45 minute episodes. And so it's pretty nice to uh, to kind of like start that and be in, like introduced into that world. And so that's something I've enjoyed. It's like a nice sort of like sci-fi like space adventure which is completely different from like it being set in you know our world you know but it's like we we expanded into outside of earth like yeah how, we're on like mars they they're currently they're on mars and they are there's like earth there's mars and there's like colonies on like these moons and, oh like europa and stuff yeah like, that. like stuff like that so it was pretty much what that show has been about. Are you so, watching me? Go ahead. Oh, so you said they're what? Usually thirty-five minute episodes. Yeah, they're like thirty to like forty. Like this one I'm currently watching is like forty-one, but it's like the season finale. So yeah, sure. So that that brings me to something I've been thinking about lately. I was curious of your opinion on this, and it has to do with episode length and season length. Uh, for movie or for shows, I should say, because I just finished watching The Outsider on HBO, which is ten episodes. And my takeaway was this show could have been so much better if it was eight, because there are a couple episodes where the plot just drags along at a snail's pace, 
Um, and it just seems for the sake of drawing it out for the tight or not tight, you know, loose 10 episodes. And I think a more concentrated eight episodes would have been better for the writing and the story as well. Do you ever feel like uh, that for certain shows? Oh, there's so many shows where I'm just like, all right, I'm done. I'm not going to watch this. So like if, if, if I'm like halfway through, and I'm just like, this is just dragging. Like, American Gods. Like, it was, I really enjoyed season one. And I started season two, and I was like, three episodes, and I was like. How many seasons is that show supposed to be in? It's only two. It's only two, okay. if I'm not mistaken. It's done, and it's done. No idea. I stopped watching. I stopped caring. I was like, because it, it was a good show. Like, the uh-huh. first season was really good. I was really excited to see what they're going to do with the second season, but I just couldn't. Like, so, on that, on that note, American God is my favorite book. Um, Neil Gaiman's a really good, good author. A lot of his stuff is really interesting to read. So I was, I was disappointed when I heard your, mo- actually most people's reactions to the show. I'm like, damn, I'm looking forward to that. It was good. It, it's a good show. It has its moments. Um, uh, uh, oh, I can't think of the guy. He's the dude from Deadwood. Oh, guy in John Wick. Um, yes. Um. I want to say it starts with an M. Ian Mc, Mc, uh, Mc something. Uh, it's, I think it's Ian McDermott. No, it's Ian. Uh, it's Ian, uh, Ian McDermott is the emperor. So it's Ian, uh, Ian McKellen. That's he. Nope. Ian McKellen is Magneto. Mm. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And, and we'll report back. Um, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. There we go. Yeah, one of the fucking. There we go. There's like 48 fans. MC, ad lib the rest, and you got it. Yeah. But like, he's really good in the show, but like the rest of the cast is like, it's like this man's got a, he's got a, he's got an entire city on his back and he's climbing Everest. And it's like, oh, like. It's like Adam Driver in the latest Star Wars. Yeah, that. Adam Driver better have a good chiropractor because his back must have been hurting after carrying that shit. I mean, he had to carry this. Is I don't think it was the the crew. It was the, the script. The scripts were so inconsistent. But that's neither. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, we could but, have an entire. We're gonna have to have a separate episode to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. Um, are you watching? You've been watching any movies? Any uh, movies in that picture, uh, like picture interest that you were like, oh, I haven't seen this, or oh, I want to see this. And you're like, oh, this is a perfect time to go in and watch it. Um, yeah, I got. Oh, sorry, got to come back. Um, I got some that are on my list that I haven't seen. Um, I'm really interested in Good Time with Robert Pattinson, uh, and that's A24 as a studio. Have you seen that one? Good Time. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it. I watched it on a plane. It's actually it's again. It's one of those movies that like you do have to sit down and have nothing, absolutely nothing to do to get through. But sure. it's a good movie. Like, it's a good movie. Pattinson is really good in it. The I'll story is really the, nice. Uh, Goodfellas. Um, that's yeah. one I need to see. I might finally watch The Irishman, but, oh, man, it's, like, it's so long. It's, th- it's, like, 3.15. That's one I'm just, like, I just don't think I'll ever get through. Also, like, <laughs> half the movie's been spoiled being, like, like Twitter and, like, yeah. Well, Scorsese, right? Yeah, Scorsese. Yeah, I mean, I 
I guess I haven't seen too many Scorsese movies, but it's a slow burn anyway. You you put it, man. It's fair. Speaking of things that are a slow burn but completely worth it, mm. the lighthouse. Oh, so good. So I sent you that uh, Reddit post, and apparently it's coming in April. I think the first week of April. I think because they refresh their their shows every month. But it's coming uh, to Amazon Prime Video, which I'm I'm pretty stoked about. I'm like ninety percent certain that A twenty four and Amazon Prime have a deal or something because oh, it seems like Amazon Prime always gets their stuff first. Yeah, but um, it makes sense. I think most of A twenty four's catalog or A two four, however you say it, is on Amazon. Yes. Like I'd say, I'd say 99. was on there for a long time. I know that. Such a scariest movie ever. But The Lighthouse, um, I highly recommend seeing it. Go in. I mean, you and I have both seen it. But only watch one trailer. That's all you need to know. Don't watch anything else. I wouldn't even watch a trailer. I would just go in completely. Yeah. I mean, all you need to know is Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are lighthouse keepers in... 1890s i want to say yeah yeah and they go on this rock this is like desolate there's like nothing there but the lighthouse willem defoe's character is like the experienced lighthouse keeper he's like the boss he, he is the he is the boss, is the boss. Um, robert pattinson's kind of cool. um and the robert pattinson is the new hire who's first time on the job he's done a lot of odd jobs it seems like his character so he does all the really shitty grunt work, like throwing out the poop, literally, or um, putting in coal to the furnace for the lighthouse, doing all this crappy stuff. And Will Defoe's character kind of just dick bags him the whole time. Yeah, just does his own, his own thing, and it's a really good study about isolation. And uh, there, you try and figure out whether or not something supernatural is going on. And at the end, I have no idea. Maybe, maybe not. Mm. I don't know. I think I think all in all, like we saw that. Did we have that theater to ourselves? Was it just the two of us in that one? No, actually, you and I—that's a different one. But you and I saw this at separate times. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but no. I, so I, I definitely had the entire the entire theater to myself. Which, I think I had like one other dude that was like five rows ahead of me, so it's pretty much just me. Yeah. Wow. But. But yeah, that's that is definitely a movie that you like should probably watch with other people just because again like the theme of isolation can like it can start to wear on you it's like one of those movies where it's just like the theme and like the oh yeah it's black and white which i think was such a stellar i'm so glad that movie was in black and white and not color it was fantastic um the it won cinematography didn't it i believe so good because if it didn't i would have like thrown a riot but the reason they did black and white is there's some scenes where they can really mess with the lighting and they could only achieve that with this black and white thing. And there's where the black and white actually just makes it a lot more intense and actually kind of terrifying at times, which is cool. Um, so the lighthouse did not win any Academy awards. That sucks. It was nominated for cinematography, which I don't know who oh, won. Dunkirk. Dunkirk won. No, no, no. 1917. That's what I meant. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, that's which was fair. I think, yeah. but they did what they did, and it was Deacons. So nineteen seventeen was pretty much a shoo in to win. But yeah. I do think that like 
what the lighthouse did like in terms of cinematography. I thought that was really cool and unique. So, and a little bit about the lighthouse, which is cool, is best way I've described it is if a H.P. Uh, Lovecraft short story came to life, that is pretty much how I would describe it. Um, one thing about the director, whose name I I can't remember his name, um, but his other his only other film I believe is The Witch, which is you know a lot of people rate that as one of the best horror movies of recent memory, and which is also based off um, old English folktale of like you know the first settlers here in was it Maryland or something? Uh, New England, wherever. Yeah, it's New England, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so he has a huge, it seems like his bread and butter is making folk tales or urban legends and stuff come to life um, or building off these mythos. And I'm very excited about his next work, which I think is a Viking saga or movie. Uh, do you know what the title quite possibly is? Do you think, is it uh, The Night? I think it's the Northman, the Northman, Northman, something like that. Uh, I see his next title being The Night, and there's no plot details. Which he's only done three movies. He's only done uh, the Tale, the Tale Tale Heart, the Witch, and then the Lighthouse, and it's Robert Eggers. Oh wait, he did the Tell Tell Tale Heart. That's that um, Edgar Allan Poe short story. Yeah, well, I'll have to watch that. That sounds pretty cool. But I mean. If he sticks to A24, he's good. Like, I think they, they locked him down for all that stuff. Yeah, he's really um, – I can't – like, he just he, – he gets it. Um, he gets it really – I don't Like, I really can't explain. Like, he understands how to use, like, a story and, like, have a tug at the different emotions. It makes you feel, which I think not a lot of movies – do you just kind of go in, you sit, explosions, yeah. gratuitousness? I, I well, is he has the exact? He knows exactly how many characters he wants. There's no wasted character in any yeah. of the, in the two movies I've seen. Today. He's only they only had like his first one only had what, two or three. He had four people in it. it four people in the lighthouse because it was it's Defoe and. Pattinson and then the two guys that uh those aren't even characters though they were just help movers they were in there for like five seconds yeah so there was there's one there's four characters it's Robert Pattinson Willem Dafoe don't spoil it though don't spoil anything though the the uh, the monster and then the other guy not the mover um yeah it's so. I don't know. I feel like it's like it's a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. It really doesn't matter. All in all, like it's this really good movie. There's only four people. I'm sure. I think The Witch only had like a max of like ten people in it. Like it's yeah, not like a super big characters. Not like a super big. Like the cast is big, but like the people that you see on screen that you spend all your time with, it's very like tight knit and small, and so it like makes the story a lot more concise. I will say also, I don't know how much input he has on this, but his trailers are also consistently great. Like the ones for The Witch, the ones for The Lighthouse, that got me hooked. Like 
well, I remember as an undergrad, my buddy and I, we saw it, saw the witch and we're just like, holy shit, that, that was messed up. But Jay, you and I have seen a lot of this last year. We've seen a lot of A24 movies. Like we saw Hereditary. Yeah. And we saw Midsommar. Yeah. Midsommar. Yeah. Great movie. And that was the one we, that was one we had the only, we had the dated ourselves with. That was and if there, like, if there's ever a movie to have alone with your buddy, that's probably that's one. That's definitely, definitely the one. Uh, uh, Booksmart is A24, uh, right? Uh, I think uh, you're thinking of eighth grade. It's eighth grade is A20. Yeah, that makes, I didn't really, I started that movie. I was not a big. I still haven't seen it. I just thought it doesn't look like it's for me. I don't know. I, uh, Booksmart is Annapurna. Uh, no, no, no. I thought Booksmart was Olivia. Yeah, it's Olivia Wilde, but Annapurna was the, the studio. Um, oh, interesting. What else was, did we see that was H24? I feel like we, um, a bunch of them, and I, we're only pulling two. Well, no, no, we saw Hereditary, Midsommar, Lighthouse. Yeah. Oh, you saw Uncut Gems. I haven't seen that. Mm, yeah, that was a good one. Um, have you seen Under the Silver Lake? No. That was, it's with Andrew Garfield. It's pretty good. Oh, Andrew Garfield. Nice, thanks. Um, I, think, I think Uncut Gems is... Uh, not I don't think it's A twenty four. I'm pretty sure it is. I think. Um but all it was, again still regard it's still a good, such a good movie. Um kind of segueing um into the next type of thing. Um in these times of quarantine or isolation people like to do uh drinking games while they watch a movie or tv show adam i'm going to hand this segment over to you and i want you to walk the people through um the proper way um to propose drinking games during uh quarantine so as to not this is general like general overall yeah yeah okay so i'm gonna share briefly share a, a memorable drinking game experience that was ill-advised in hindsight. Um, and of course it was with one of the best movies too, probably drinking game too, which was uh, Hercules, animated movie um, from Disney. I was watching my girlfriend and, um, oh Jay, you've seen Hercules, right? Yeah, so many times. All right, great, right. So this is what the rules I made were. And I'm just gonna go, uh, base off how bad this was based off your reactions. But anytime Hercules accidentally broke something, take a drink. Anytime there was a song, take a drink. Anytime the muses, that was the muses, right? The, uh, the singers? Yeah. Anyway, anytime they're on screen, take a drink. Anytime Hades' head is on fire, as long as it's orange, you have to keep drinking. For how long it's orange. <laughs> that sounds terrible. And I think there was one other. I can't remember though, but point being, 
I highly uh, underestimated how often any of these things occurred. And within the first 10 minutes, we had to get new drinks, which, by the way, I had made AMFs, homemade AMFs. <laughs> so we got trashed by, like, the 30-minute mark. Um, so insane. Which brings me to my first rule is know the movie or someone that needs to know what movie you're getting into. Like, if it's going to be have certain themes that are very prevalent, utilize that safely for, uh, for the theme. So, for example, if you and I were watching The Lighthouse, we probably wouldn't want to do drink as much as they're drinking because we would die. Uh, the big theme of The Lighthouse is drinking, drinking straight whiskey, and later other things. Uh. Um, another thing is maybe you don't want to have a drinking game where it's take a shot every time that's mm. just dangerous like make sure you have something like a beer to sip on but also if they're if you want to implement shots it needs to be like only one or two throughout the entire movie or something like that yeah and i think I was watching uh, a watch along the other day and they were talking about like they were watching Alley Cat's Strike on Disney Plus. And they had a rule that was like, you know, anytime they say the town East or West Appleton, you know, you take a drink. Well, in like the first like 20 minutes of the movie, they say the name of the town a bunch. Oh, no. And so what they ended up doing was so they were like, well, they said Appleton. Does that count? And so, like, stick by your rules. Like, if you say it has to be East or West Appleton that they have to say, like, unless they say East Appleton, you don't have to drink. Unless they say West Appleton, you know, we're like, East Appleton is nothing compared to West Appleton, son. And like, all right, cool. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here, Disney? Like, this is the year 2000. This is a terrible movie. Um, yeah. But, like, they, they changed the rule. It was like, well, they say Appleton, so I guess we're going to have to do it that way. And then next thing you know, they're saying Appleton 20 times and they're like, I've already finished, like, you know, a beer. And <laughs> just like, uh, like, I think sticking by, like, you have a rule, stick by it. Don't like, yeah, be, be consistent. Don't, don't flake. Don't flake. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I think the Disney movies are probably the best ones to do it too because it's like most of us have seen, most people have seen. A few. All of those movies or a few of those movies. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. And so also, like when you're drinking, they're easier to digest. You don't want to have like a super, super serious movie. Yeah. All you don't want to watch the bone collector. Like every you don't want to watch Saw and every time um someone is asked, Do you want to play a game? Um Oh god. Like like you know. Like one, um, one, another, I found, this is an undergrad when I think it's my sophomore. No, it was my junior year. Just living in, you know, tiny apartment with my three, four roommates, whatever, or three roommates total. And we were watching, um, the world's end, which is one of the, um, Cornet, Cornetto trilogies with like, uh, Edgar, Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright's the director. He did also Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And The World's End is about these friends who go back to the hometown and they want to do a pub crawl of 
12 pubs, I think. It's 12. And they have to have a pint, a full pint at each of these pubs. And it, I mean, it was really funny because there's other, like, events happening. Like, uh, there's aliens coming in, and they're trying to you know, finish their pub, uh, pub crawl while fighting these aliens at the same time. So each stop, though, they're getting drunker and drunker. So my roommates and I, we tried to keep, keep up with them. And by, like, the halfway point, we were pretty trashed um, along with the characters. And it was fun because if you're drinking, sneaking up with the characters, it's kind of yeah. hilarious. I feel like Zombieland would be a good movie to, to do that with. Mm. Boy, that came out when I was in eighth grade. That was a good movie. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's wrap it up. Let's give mm-hmm. the people uh, – so we'll do two top five lists. <clears throat> we'll do a top five um, movies to watch during, a, during isolation, quarantine, long weekend. And we'll do some uh, uh, top five TV shows. Cool. So you said you want to start with movies, you said? Uh, so let's start with movies. Uh, All right, and you'll go, go you'll go first, and then I'll go first. All right. So um, I'm going to give – I'm going to say my top five, and I'm going to give a little, like, explanation of why I chose each one of them. Um, we'll just go through the list. My top five, and this is just in general as I remember them, Shaun of the Dead, The Lighthouse, Chef, Mad Max Fury Road, and This is the End. And I chose Shaun of the Dead because, again, it's, I like Edgar Wright as a director. Um, he also did Baby Driver, for example. Um, but it's a funny movie um, regarding, like, a zombie apocalypse. And it's very, you know, British humor, uh, which I am entertained by most of the time. And, again, it's about trying to survive the zombie apocalypse and also, like, defending their favorite pub. Yeah. Everyone should understand that. Um, Lighthouse, which I think you and I talked enough about that. Um, yeah. But that's a good movie. And my third one was Chef, um, which is my favorite feel-good movie um, because all the conflict pretty much happens at the beginning in the first act or two of the movie, and it's just like positive energy for the rest of it. Is that the one and with so, John Favreau? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, John Hansen's in it also. Um, and sometimes you just need a good movie, especially in times like these where it can be stressful, like this whole quarantine situation is impacting a lot of people across the globe. Yeah, can't talk today. It's that peanut butter. So um, I think Chef is a great feel-good movie that everyone should watch. It's essentially an R-rated family movie. Is that on Netflix? It might be on Amazon. I have it on Blu-ray, so. Ah, fair enough. Um, number four, Mad Max Fury Road, which fantastic movie great cinematography and action um little you know post-apocalyptic vibes there which is the goal of not to reach that point so mental note and then number five is uh this is the end this came out when i was in high school and seth rogan james franco um it's just about you know dumb fun comedy it's actually surprisingly long have you seen that movie jay yeah it's that was a movie that I felt I didn't know how I felt about it. Like the mm-hmm. Emma Watson scene is hilarious. Channing Tate Yum. Oh my god, Channing is, Like Danny McBride is probably the free. best part. Did I came out for free. Yeah, that's insane. Danny McBride I think is the best part of the entire Danny movie. Danny McBride is hilarious. Um well I mean it's I haven't seen it in a while, so I just thought I'd add it to my list. It, it's not my favorite movie, but I think it'd be one 
uh, to watch because they're cooped up also. Like, big theme in the movie is them being stuck at James Franco's mansion. Uh, so that's my top five movies. What about you, Jay? What do you got? Uh, so uh, I went Glory Road, Casino, Brink, Rocket Man, and Zombieland. Uh, nice. Glory Road, it's probably one of my favorite sports movies ever um, mm-hmm. that as a family you can watch. Um, casino, it's Casino. Like, it's De Niro. Like, it's De Niro and Pesci. Like, you can't can't complain about that. Yeah, Brink, also. Yeah. Um, Brink, again, it's a Disney, it's a DCOM original. It was Andy Brink Brinkers, Team Puppet Suds, Soul Skaters, there's nothing we can't do. Like, that movie just, like... I only have seen that one, so... so it's so cheesy and so bad, and it's pretty much, like, the entire soundtrack is, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it's just ska. <laughs> it's just ska the entire time. I'm just like, what is going on here? Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Rocket Man. Taron Edison's doing all the singing, and it's a really nice, it's a really different s- way of telling a story of, um, like, a legend, a rock legend in Elton John. Um, yeah, we saw that also think it's, That was really good. I also think it's way better than Bohemian Rhapsody on, like, so many levels. I still haven't seen that one because of all your comparisons, but Rocket Man, I was pleasantly surprised by that. It wasn't what I expected, but I really enjoyed it. And then Zombie Land, it's Zombie Land. Never, always double tap. Like that movie just has a, it's a really great, like comedy, but it's also like got like a lot of heart to it. Um, so that's that's my that's my movies. I find funny that both you and I had a zombie movie on our list. Yeah, I mean. I think it's only appropriate a little bit. It's like, you know, we'd have to like add some humor. And those movies are for the most part, very humor based. Yeah. You know, one that's not very humor based, but awesome is 28 days later. Great. Movie. Great movie. Um, so you said TV shows next. Yeah. TV shows next. So All right. I, I can start it. You can start it. I'll, I'll just go. Um, Cause you just went, uh, I got cowboy bebop which is probably one of the best-known anime of all time. Daredevil on Netflix, How I Met Your Mother, Watchmen on HBO, and Castlevania, which is on Netflix. So Cowboy Bebop, um, my friend kind of, when he's trying to get me in anime, he's like, hey, watch this show. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. It's basically a space western is how I describe it. Also, it's made to be dubbed, like, in the English version is great. It's fantastic. And it's a really cool journey about redemption, um, loss, and making, uh, as well as just making your way through the galaxy. Pretty cool soundtrack also, which is great. It stays in our solar system. Like the furthest they go is Jupiter. So that's kind of cool. It's a little more grounded than some other space shows. Uh, Daredevil on Netflix, there's three seasons of it. Daredevil season one blew my mind when I was a freshman undergrad. It's awesome. Uh, really good writing, good characters, great fight scenes, cinematography. Um, it's like the OG Netflix Marvel show, and there's a reason for that. It's really good. How I Met Your Mother, that's always a good bingeable show. I'm not sure, Jay, where it's available right now. It was on Netflix. It's on, but it's on Hulu. It's on Hulu? I'm okay. pretty sure it's on Hulu. There's a lot of things on Hulu, so I think you're right. Um, I hope it goes back to Netflix soon. Uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I don't know. I, it's weird that it's, it's just a CBS show. And so uh, 
I find it a little weird that it's like on like a something that's owned by Disney. <laughs> a little weird. Oh, but if you can't get access to How I Met Your Mother, I know Community is coming to Netflix soon, so I would recommend that one. Uh, Watchmen on HBO, which I already talked about, and Castlevania on Netflix. This is a very very recent show in the last two years, I think, but it's based off the Castlevania. Uh, video games, and I think it's arguably probably one of the best video game adaptions of all time. I never played the games, but just seeing the amount of love the animators have for the source material is really cool. Um, the action, the animation action is gorgeous. There's some fights that remind me of Avatar The Last Airbender, but with mature consequences, so dudes are getting like, their eye impaled and shit. It's going down. It's about you know taking down Dracula. Uh, really... Really awesome, great writing also. The character development is super good. But season three came out a few weeks ago. I finished the crap out of that in one night while drinking a bottle of wine. It's great. Uh, that. So yeah, I would recommend that. All right, Jay, what do you got? So I have a question for you. So Daredevil, are you saying like the entire show or just season one? Oh, sorry, um, the entire show. Uh, season one is great. Season two? I wasn't a big fan. Season the the beginning of season two of Punisher, fantastic. The back half was mm, rough. That, the back half is rough. Season three though, have you seen that one? I've seen season three. I really enjoyed season three. Season three is good. That one's ah is awesome. It just it ends kind of on a teaser, but it's a good ending though. I was satisfied with it, so I would definitely recommend all three seasons of Daredevil. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so again, like some the five that I have, um, the Expanse, which is on Amazon Prime, um, it's just a nice sci-fi show. Mm-hmm. Um, act some act, a lot of action, but it also tells like a story that's like a continuous through line. You're into like political intrigue. It's got a little bit of that for you. Um, Game of Thrones, again, I think everyone at some point should at least watch the first season of Game of Thrones. Watch the first season. If you like it, you continue. If you don't like it, it's no skin off your back. Um, the Wire. Uh, I've never, I'd never seen The Wire because um, it was on HBO and like it, the premium cable content. I feel like now, like with your regular cable, HBO is like a basic included, which I find is like really nice, but it's also very strange. It is. Um, weird. I need to see The Wire. I hear nothing but good things. I just started season one today, and so I've really enjoyed. Uh, I've really enjoyed the the one episode that I saw. But it's like an hour long. But it's such a, it's so intriguing, and the amount of characters or actors that are in it that go on to be like these super important and famous characters, like four or five years down the road, is is really nice to see. Uh, mm-hmm. McMillions. It's a documentary series on the McDonald's uh, monopoly. Uh, lottery uh, the Monopoly game and like the scandal behind that which uh, I'm four episodes in and I'm how many episodes is it or uh, six okay six as of now I think there's like one more episode coming out but that was really good and, and that's then, like a uh, mini series right it's a mini series all the episodes are 45 to an hour but it's like jam-packed with content the first episode is a little slow but that's of course, it's going to make sense. It's setting you up with all the characters. and I mean, that's most first episodes, let's be real. Yeah. But uh, it's, like, so nice because it's also so informative without, like, holding your hand. Like, mm-hmm. we're going to stop here. We're going to see this 
we're going to stop here. We'll see that. It's just going to take you through it in a really chronological way. And the people that they interview are um, super, like, insightful. And, and they were all people who had a part in it. And so it was, like, really nice to see, like, okay, like, they – this is what happened, why, what happened, happened. And it takes you to through like the process of like political bureaucracy of how does something, how do these big busts take place and how long it takes, which I think you'd find really interesting with, with your criminal justice background. Sure. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll check that out for sure. And then the last one is Succession, which is again, also on HBO. So uh, I've heard nothing but really great things about the show. I started the first season the first three episodes are a little slow to get through but it's worth it as you get like i'm just i'm going to start episode four at some point this week um, but episode four is going to be like i can already tell where everything goes and it's only like two seasons if i'm not mistaken as of now so mm-hmm. like it should be it's a really easy like to catch up on if you want that if you want to or if you don't want to it doesn't really nice. matter another Show me throw out there for viewers is Chernobyl HBO's miniseries. Well, the thing is, don't binge it. Got to give yourself some breaks. No, Otherwise, you're gonna no. get depression or something. Like not that. not a bingeable show. It is you not will get hit in the feels very quickly. But um, I think that's a wrap. Um, thank you, Adam, for joining, giving us uh, giving us your top five movies and top five TV shows to watch during a a quarantine. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, uh, thank you. Thank you all for joining us. Um, And as always, shoot the J.